And I, for one, welcome our new gentlemen, overlords. Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together. How we doing? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gentleman Overlords. I'm Andrew. I'm Max. I'm Robert. And fellas, let's get right to it with some, as I exited the program that I need to use for this, uh, some movies we've seen. You forget about me. Look my way, girl. Something breakfast. <laughs> Movies we've seen. I would say, I would like to say, just give me a break. I've only been podcasting for 11 years. So please yeah. give me a little we'll break. We'll hit your stride eventually. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, get the, I'll get the hang of this. Uh, Robert, what have you seen? Uh, I have seen, talked about it right before we started recording, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I uh, won't go into too much detail because I imagine we'll do an app on it. But um, I saw it in a movie theater, had a cast. It was a Marvel <laughs> film. Wow. Um, so I, I'll keep it very general. I did tear up quite a few times, but and surprisingly, one time that maybe you wouldn't expect. Wow. That's right. The time I went out to the concession stand and they told me they were out of butter <laughs> for the popcorn. Um, true tragedy. No, I am interested to hear if if either of you uh, how it affected you. Um, and because I do think there's some tugs on some hard strings, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I watched a movie called Significant Other, which is on. I think it's like a Paramount Plus exclusive kind of movie um and it's starring um oh god what's her name from uh it follows and she was also in the guest oh micah micah monroe i believe her name is um and it's like a couple who it's like really short i want to say it's like 83 minutes or something so i was like oh well even if this is bad it's short right (laughs) now you're talking my language not not nah Sometimes it takes the longest for short movies to finally be over. Um, it was weird. I don't know if I would recommend it. Uh, sorry, I, I started to kind of explain very generally. It's like a couple goes to the woods camping together. Uh, in the very first shot, you see this meteor crashing in the woods. I watched this one. Isn't it significant others? Plural? No, it's not. You didn't though. watch this one. <laughs> I did. I swear I did, but maybe okay. I got the name wrong. The other, well, the other guy in it is Jake Lazy, who I think is best known for White the, Lotus. The White Lotus. So, did you or did you not watch this? Answer the question. Clearly, I didn't, since I answered your, I finished your sentence. Follows right a there. young couple who take a remote backpacking trip through the Pacific Northwest and face a sinister events, leading them to realize that everything about the place is not as it seems. Does that ring a bell, Max? Yeah, and I think I probably gave away more than Robert is right now. If if listeners uh, listen to the uh, it episode is, where it I talked, yeah, you also watched a version with an S on it. Interesting. Was that the director's okay, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is significant other is the movie on Paramount Plus. There is a mini series that came out also this year called Significant Others. That's the one I watched. No, I watched the movie. I watched the movie. I just got the name wrong. Well, Max, what did you think of the movie? Now that I you've got like, the name right. <laughs> There were some twists, um, yeah. some that I was expecting and some I wasn't. And then I, 
it, it just went in like really weird directions. Like, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I, I've got feelings. It's interesting. Exactly. I, I don't, it's hard to say exactly where I fall on it. Um, but I think overall I did enjoy it. I think there are parts where, uh, like it doesn't stand out as being the greatest movie in the world, but I think it's got enough. Yeah, interesting. agreed. <laughs> it's got enough that's interesting to it that I think it's worth a watch for sure. I was I looked online. I was like, has Scorsese like talked about like <laughs> like how this has affected him, <laughs> his career now, and how he's going to make movies differently? I couldn't nary a quote. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was it was weird. I I wish I liked it more. I gave it a shot, and again, I I maybe I'm being too harsh on it, but I was. For a movie that was under an hour and a half, which is rare, I would mm-hmm. say nowadays, it it felt a bit longer, and I was just kind of frustrating because I felt like it had some interesting ideas and it did some twists and turns that I didn't wasn't really fond of. But um, I watched Planes, Trains, and Automobiles for the, uh, for the Doughboys, the, the Doughboys double, uh, which I hadn't seen in a long time. Watched it with some folks. Um, really fun. It is a movie like. Um, and a buddy of mine mentioned this too, where it's like, it's a stressful movie. Like it's, you're watching people like making each other anxious and annoying each other. So it's like, it's, it's funny that movies like that, especially holiday movies are like beloved sometimes. Like I'm actually, I'm a big fan of Christmas vacation, but I know for some people they don't like it because it's like a man who wants to have a good holiday and everything wrong is happening. And getting fucked up and his horrible family shows up and crashes. And it's just like, why is that a fun, a fun watch? And I would say the same for this one, except that John Candy is pretty likable in this. Um, And it sort of seems like Steve Martin is going like too hard on him. And they've just announced recently that there is like a 4k release coming out with 75 minutes of deleted scenes. What? that I don't think are like up to snuff as far as like, they're not cut into the movie so that they're like not good enough. I don't think they're good enough quality to like be inserted, but it adds so much more context because there's tons of stuff that like, have you guys seen the film? If I have, it's been a long time. Same. Okay. I would say it's worth watching again, but there's things where like, there's a point where Steve Martin like rants at John Candy and he's like, you're an, you're annoying. Like, and I would never like want to hear you say anything again. And like, you do this and that and you piss me off. But he hasn't really done that much crazy stuff up to that point. But then when you hear that there's 75 minutes of footage and you realize that like he's smoking a cigarette and eating a hot dog at the same time in the airport and like and then like complaining to him on the airplane and and like pays for like the vibrating bed, but it like makes the beer like explode and go all over the room like and all of that's on the cutting room floor. So when he yells at him later there was a lot more of him to be like mad about. And in the version that everyone has seen, You're it's a little like, bit, dude, it's a relax. lot more mild. Yeah. Yeah. A break. So it, so it is interesting to me and I'm actually kind of excited to, I don't know if I'll have to buy the movie to, to see that, but like that's huge. And I hope some, uh, I, someone else mentioned, like, I hope some hero cuts it all together and kind of makes a John candy or a Steve Martin redemption. Hang on. <laughs> I, hang on. I'm seeing something in the sky. It's, it's the Topher light. Topher. Yes. Thank God. Please. Oh, but only the only his tight group of friends will be able to to view it. So tight. Um, um but no, I'm uh th- that is cool news and it was fun to revisit that, but uh it is like it is weird. Like there's like a heartfelt moment at the end where it's just like 
oh, it's so good to see Steve Martin again from his wife. And you're like, why is she so like upset? And then you find out there's more deleted scenes where she was worried that he was like cheating on her or something. And it's like, man, it, it, it's funny that this movie is so beloved, but is missing so much of the context, I feel like. Anyway, and then you see the um, scene where he was cheating on her and then the scene where he tells his wife that he was cheating on her and she shouldn't care because he's a man in the 80s. It's like the infamous uh, Ron Burgundy uh, anchor man. There's like the whole like isn't the, the whole, whole like, movie kidnapping subplot and stuff like yeah. that. Um, Wake up Ron Burgundy. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, And then I think outside of some of the movies I'm going to be talking about today, uh, I watched The Wonder with Florence Pugh. Um, it had this weird kind of trailer. I don't trailer think she'd that... appreciate the way you said that. Florence Pugh. And this movie, unfortunately, might have been a P-U. Um, it is based on real events. It's an English nurse going to Ireland to basically part of like a be part of a watch, a constant watch of this girl who supposedly hasn't eaten food in two months. And... Um, it's weird because if you look up like the trailer or like the opening scene, it's like a camera panning across like a sound state, like a movie stage with like rigging and scaffolding and then like going into like a set. And then like the movie kind of starts with like a voiceover, like almost saying like, this is a movie about this and then zooms in. And there's a couple times during the movie where it, it sort of addresses that too, almost like, remember, you're still watching a movie about this. Mm-hmm. It's very weird. Um, I didn't love it. Um, it felt like it was kind of stretching itself in too many different directions. Um, Form Two was good. Uh, was good in it, but I, yeah, I don't know. It just really wasn't, really wasn't my thing. Which is a shame because it it sounds like one of those movies that could be like a really good kind of moving thing. But I sort of, I don't know, didn't resonate with me. What can I say? Uh, and I think that's what I've seen for movies. Thanks. Mm. Well, I've only watched one movie, but it was the movie. It was uh, Super movie? Mario, Super Mario Bros. The, the new uh, one, the Chris original Pratt one. starring. Oh, I wish. <laughs> uh, actually, I don't know if I wish. I saw <laughs> the trailer for that one. Uh, we'll see. But it is closer to Mario than what this one was or even tried to be. <clears throat> this is like Super Mario Bros. is the reason why. No, this is for everybody's curious. The Dennis Hoskins, Dennis Hopkins, Dennis Hopper, Dennis Hopper, Dennis Hopper. Who's the who's Mario in this? Uh, uh, Bob Hoskins. Bob that's Hoskins, right. Hoskins. Yeah, Bob Hoskins. Uh, John Legzam, and Fiona Shaw, Andor's mother, is in this as uh, as Bowser's sidekick. Oh my gosh. I oh my gosh, you're right. That's why I watched this movie. I was like looking up what you're else. Like, she what is in? Marva's IMDB all about? <laughs> and then and then I saw it and I was like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot about this. And I was reading like some old ass comic books that had like advertisements for this movie. I was like, geez, I should I should watch this again. Uh and yeah, it is baffling why it was made the way it was made why uh the mario brothers have like thick new york accents instead of being 
Italian in any way. Um, you have Italian roots. <laughs> family came to New- and settled in New York. Yeah, from Sicily originally. Uh, Their grandfather, Jumpman, changed his name at Ellis Island. <laughs> it's just, it's so strange to me. And and it's the reason why I like the MCU, because like so many times growing the up. The Mario we- Cinematic Universe? <laughs> oh if only this one had continued it's it's just so strange to me and it's such a cliffhanger of like this is continuing yeah for sure but it's also like it's also kind of like a threat like uh, the end of mac and me where it's like a big bubble blows up and it's like we'll be back and it's like no you no No, we don't want you back (laughs) yeah uh it just doesn't make any sense why they're a little the my gosh. And oh, and it's got the guy from from Short Circuit. I forget what his name is, but uh he was like one of the goons. But like, yeah, just so weird that they the only thing that matches Mario is that they're plumbers and the names their names match. That's it. Like the rest yeah, of it basically is is completely different. People are evolved from dino- a meteor hits the earth and wipes out the dinosaurs, but also creates an alternate dimension within the earth uh, where dinosaurs continued to live and then evolved into human beings. Form. It's like it pulverized the ones on our, sur- in the, on the surface and then like made an alternate, like the other ones woke up. And we're like, I guess we're dinosaurs in the earth now. And we'll just keep evolving. And they evolved into Dennis Hopper and, uh, and or his mom. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, they can, they can also de-evolve, uh, People Which things. am I crazy? Does the de-evolved gun kind of look like the super scope? Yeah, I, I think it's supposed to. Is I it really supposed think, to be? Okay, I think okay. it's just a painted super scope. That's really funny. Uh and they mention, I think, power gloves, like a glove of power, and then later they call it a power glove. At, at the most Mario in the thing in the movie, honestly, is the bomb which just looks like yeah. a bomb and it, it's exactly what it has a little turn like and They're exactly. little tiny ones, right? Like if it's in the yeah. palm of your hand versus like in Mario, it's like the size of him. And he, the, the fungus that's growing all over the world is like helping Mario throughout the movie. And it turns out at the end, it's a cameo by a uh, fricking Lance Hendrickson. Is that right? Yeah. The snot like goes down into a throne and transforms into a man. And he basically, I think his line is like, Oh, that was wild or something like that. And that's, that's his role in the movie. Wow. Yeah. Just so many odd choices. Uh, none of them improved on, Mario in any way. <laughs> Just a terrible movie. I don't know. I think the the new Goombas are cool. With the, the tiny heads dude, and the tr- the yeah. I think it'd be funny if like they went back and like re-released Mario, but like the Goombas are like so tall you can't jump you on can't, top of them because they're like very huge men with little <laughs> And so like the the first Goomba that you see, um I don't know, one of the, the first maybe named Goomba is uh this street musician named toad who's like a punk rocker with like a spiral uh shaved into his head and then he gets turned into a goomba like also like yeah talk about uh talk about shooting jimmy olsen off screen or whatever in the (laughs) (laughs) the snyder movie like it's like whoa toad's in this movie okay he's a guy that's weird well he's still gonna be like a guy that helps mario right no, he's going to become a Goomba. Okay, well, he's still going to become like a good Goomba, right? Yeah, kind of, but just, you know, but there's no like Toad anymore. And, you know, and he's got that classic Toad harmonica that Toad mm-hmm. always carries around. It's just so, I don't know. Why Why did they do it? I'm glad it didn't continue. I'm glad we've moved on from uh, 
like movies that have absolutely nothing to do with the source material. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're getting away from it. Like tr- Transformers might have been the last of the like just just wildly missing. The I'd point. say uh, Batman versus Superman. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, they they tried but didn't. I'm just, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm it's, being it's, a little, it's the closest little... to like, they didn't know, they didn't know or care about the source material in my opinion. I'm being but. cheeky. Yeah. I'm being cheeky. I appreciate I'm not. it. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, man of steel. Oh my God. I, I think about that pretty often. How, how terrible it is. Anyway, I, I don't even think about it. <laughs> it just comes back to, ah, ah, it, it hurts every time I think about ah, it too. Ah. <laughs> pocket, fucking pocket. The antithesis to what would turn. It's basically like a perfect story. If Siders, you want to make a pocket would Superman. care more about Antifa than teaching his son good morals. <laughs> oh boy. Like if they had gone full, full fledged with it and it was like a Superman red sun story, you know, like this is how you get a Superman who Superman red state to, more like exactly <laughs> the Kevin Smith movie. What if Antifa comes here, Clark to Smallville? <laughs> It's a, it the the scene is that they're in a Black Lives Matter protest, but he's getting trampled by protesters. But he's telling Clark not to, not to come any closer. Let me be a pariah for everyone, for a shitty cause. That a shitty cause, Jesus. <laughs> no, I don't know. No, you know what? We're off. Hey, Andrew, I don't know what you're talking about. So yeah. I'm putting words in my <laughs> mouth. I'll edit, I'll edit in that it was a Proud Boys rally and he's being trampled by white supremacists. And now it's a I was saying cause. it like he was spinning that they were bad. Oh, I see. I see. We're going. We're, we're beyond it. Pa Kent's been red pilled. <laughs> I see. I see. I see. Okay. Oh, my God. Anyway, yeah, Super well, Mario Brothers. He's yeah, like, are you saying I should have stopped those January 6th riders? He's like, no. Son. Well, unequivocally, we know that they should have done that. In fact, you should have helped them. Should have taken the roof off the freaking senate building or wherever the hell son i'm mad you weren't wearing a viking helmet with blue and white face (laughs) anyways super mario brothers huh how about that movie how about that movie go for it andrew what do you what have you seen oh i uh well you know i'll see any movie starring a podcaster so i watched vengeance with bj novak uh which is about him uh he's a he's like a they it's an npr equivalent without being able to say NPR or this American life, but he works for like an NPR station and he does a podcast, which is basically like a true crime podcast. And he gets a phone call from this guy who is like, Hey, uh, you know, I forget the character's name already, but, uh, your girlfriend died. And he's like, I don't know who that is. And he's like, no, no, you're, you know, you know, Jill or whatever, like she died. And you find out that that's her brother. And, She's this girl that he saw a couple times, and so he goes to this hometown to like go to her funeral, and the brother tells him that uh, he thinks she's been murdered. So now he has this like idea to turn it into like a true another true crime podcast. He finally has this brilliant idea to do this. So he's sort of documenting the family and all this stuff, and then kind of getting into finding out like the mystery behind like how she actually died. Um, it was pretty good. I think like the last five minutes are very laughably weird, uh, considering the movie it's it, the, I don't know, like I did not, and I wouldn't say in a, in a good way, it kind of felt like a curveball for the sake of a curveball, And I don't think it mm. worked particularly well. So, um, 
But like, I think the rest of the movie is pretty good. BJ Novak's good in it. Um, what is it? What is that guy's name? Uh, Boyd Holbrook, the bad guy from Logan, uh, mm. plays plays the brother, and he's really good in it. Ashton Kutcher plays a guy in it. I don't. He's not particularly good, but he's he's fine. How dare um, you? But you know, Issa Rae's in it kind of briefly. She plays like his producer, and she's she's good, but she's not in it for very long. But I. I watched it on Peacock. I think it was like a, a serviceable, like fine movie. If you can kind of just blow past the end of the movie, which is kind of stupid. Um, I also saw Black Panther Wakanda forever, which we can talk about some other time, but I thought it was, I thought it was very good. Um, also saw disenchanted the sequel to enchanted on Disney plus. Oh, and I think thus far of the like recent legacy sequels that have come on Disney Plus, I think this is probably the best one. Ooh, that's um, encouraging. I I think it's very charming. It's a little long. It goes a little over two hours with I think with credits. So like at its runtime, it's like probably around like an hour fifty five, which feels a little long for a movie like this. But I like everybody's good in it. You know, it's it's mostly Amy Adams. Uh, even Patrick Dempsey's not in it a ton. He gets kind of, kind of, uh, uh, sidelined for like a good portion of the movie, but Amy Adams is great. So I got no real problem there. So comparing this to the other Disney remakes, re-release type of deals, sequels, you're saying, uh, it's better than that. I don't really know how to gauge that. Cause I feel like most of them are pretty awful. Would I, you say compared to other movies, would you say it's, uh, middling or better or worse? Uh, compared to what movies? <laughs> movies in general. Movies in general, <laughs> middle. I'd say, like I wouldn't say it's like you got like I wouldn't um, in the way that like I think Disney Plus is worth getting for Andor. Like I think it. I think Andor is that good. I would not say that about Disenchanted whatsoever. If you have a Disney Plus subscription and you like Enchanted, I think it's a perfectly fine. Uh, two hours. It was better than Hocus Pocus two. It was better than Hocus Pocus two, and better than something I'm going to talk about in the TV section. <laughs> but, um, I you know again I I enjoyed it. The I think like the biggest complaint that me and uh my wife and our friend who we watched it together was, is that there's not really a great standout song in it for be it being like a partial musical. There's not like a like a, a song where you're just like whoa I'm going to think about that song later. You know, mm. and when you have like a Disney movie that's, you know, kind of relying a bit on songs, you kind of want to like at least hum a song or remember a song later. I when the movie was over, other than the really lame title of one of the songs, I was not I did not remember any of them. So was the first movie a musical part? I mean, in the way that like she's a Disney princess who comes from an animated world and comes to the the live action world. She kind of sings. I I haven't seen the movie since 2007, so I couldn't like recite a song for you. But mm. and that might Damn. be true of that movie too. That's I what I was going to ask you. You wanted me to sing, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here we go. And uh, a one, a two, a skilly do. Um, yeah, that's so the song. It was, you yeah. do remember that was good. Thank you, thank you. Um, so yeah, I think it's. I'd give it a fair review. I think like if you want me to rate it against other movies, it's probably like. 2.5 out of 5 versus like if you have me rated against other 
Disney Plus movies recently. Maybe like a three, three and a half out of five. I don't know. So it's oh, just, wow, that's that's not much different than uh, every movie. When you have like a small, when it's a small <laughs> scale of five, like a difference of like a half or a one is is I think pretty significant. But yeah, get with it. Yeah, let's go into statistics yeah. here. And then uh, last night we watched the Grand Budapest Hotel, which um, I think is great, and I still stand by. I think it's the best single performance in a. Wes Anderson movie from uh from uh Ray, wow Ray Fiennes? Ray Fiennes yeah I think he's so good in it but mm. yeah I think that's a bold claim I I I I don't say it lightly I think there's a lot of really good wow. performances in all of his movies but I think he's he's so hmm, good. you like Voldemort's performance okay not problematic at all uh uh can we go to the next segment guys <laughs> I it's up to you. <laughs> Um, do you have a do you have a disputed claim, Max? Would you like to lay down a challenge? Uh, well, I just fucking love the Royal Tenenbaums, and I think that both Angelica Houston and the Gene, guy whose name Gene is Hackman? escaping, yeah, Gene Hackman, do a fantastic job in that one. I think everyone does. In yeah, that movie. I think um, I think it's not the best movie, uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel, but I I think it's. For me, I think that's the best single performance in it, but I would not I would not classify it as the best movie of his, but yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'm not like trying to rag on No, fuck Ray, you, Max. Ray Ray shit. <laughs> I should go back and watch Budapest Hotel again. I haven't I haven't seen it in a while. He's great. He's great. And it's a great movie. Um all right. Nice. Let's talk about some TV shows we've seen. TV shows we've seen. We've seen Robert, you haven't seen any TV, right? I've been watching Andor, but we're covering that on the mini. Yeah. And um, I was in the room for most of an episode or so of the White Lotus season two. So <laughs> if that counts, I've <laughs> yeah. seen it. I have some context You've for it. Been in the room uh, for most of an episode of White Lotus. This feels yeah. like when Max can't remember what season. Can't remember. Was. Yeah. Hey, I know it's the second season. Um, <laughs> it's also like when I hear it from upstairs, it's like, Hear people talking, 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 and then just like punctuation is like, yeah, music is great. That's great. Um, which is it's very fun. Um, no, it looks. I mean, my wife is really liking it, and so if you like that, God bless you. <laughs> what Max, the fuck I, is I, going on here? I've not. <laughs> what? I have nothing against it. I just am saying that I didn't haven't actually sat down and watched it. It certainly sounded like you had something against it. Mm. It's, hate lotuses <laughs> well Max, one of the they banned black watched. lotus in my uh, uh what is it magic <laughs> the gathering deck and ever since then i'm like lotuses of any kind i'm so against yeah you really stick with the uh, wizards of the coast mm-hmm. um so i've been watching white lotus surprise surprise no <laughs> it's fucking fantastic season two is great season one is great Music is very good, like you say. Who he who ha who? I wasn't. I wasn't saying it was bad. As I'm just saying, it like, it's wonderful. funny to hear, like, you hear people talking, and then you hear just like this crazy scenes. The the music, um, was one of my favorite parts of season one, and I think it's continuing into season two, in that it does a great job of punctuating how uncomfortable you feel at certain points, and like giving you a sense of foreboding that 
you know, additional things are happening and uh, shit's about to go crazy. It's great. I don't know. It, it, it does a good job of, of maintaining the feel of the show. And uh, I think it's written really well. I think they make all characters likable and unlikable at certain points. There's, you can't completely like a character. You can't completely hate a character. You'll relate to certain things about everyone. Uh, like even if you don't want to admit it or uh, sometimes just, you know, you relate to not half of them or part of them or, or just a, a piece here and there. And it's just, it's, it's neat that they have such, I think, well-rounded characters who are uh, bastards at a certain point. Um, all of them, but really good stuff. I've also been watching great British bake off, uh, finished that up. Um, I won't reveal anything about it. It's a good watch. It's, uh, it was fun to see. And I, I like, I like this, um, this group. It's a good group of, of folks. Uh, I also watched through the rehearsal. Oh which boy, is, I have not watched this, but I've heard things. It's odd. I wonder about the participants. And, uh, do you mean like their authenticity or like whether or not, uh, they're taking advantage of people who are maybe not, uh, 100% within their faculties to make correct decisions? Um, cause I've also heard that potential yeah, little, criticism of the show too. Yeah, there is, there is a, a little bit of that second one. The first one for sure. You, you wonder about the authenticity and just, yeah. Uh, Nathan Fielder makes some weird choices in his last show. And in this one where you're just like, how does your brain operate like that? Like, what is this? And in this one, it, it feels creepy and exploitative uh at at points where he just comes across as a stalker <laughs> and it's like it doesn't feel like uh like he should be doing what he's doing <laughs> like there are mm-hmm. maybe not laws but societal rules against uh what he's up to and some of it's just like well i don't know if anybody would have thought of doing that <laughs> <Yeah>. um <clears throat> It's interesting. I think it's worth a watch. Uh, and I'm curious to see what else he does. Mm-hmm. It's an odd style. His comedy, <laughs> his reality, his, uh, his stuff. Would you agree, Robert? Um, I think like what the premise of the show is changes after like episode three. Um, and that is when it becomes something that is, um, I do think it, yeah, thought, very thought provoking because you can, I think you can criticize it, but it's not like it's not the reality outside of that show and elsewhere and in much worse kind of, uh, kind of conditions in a way. I'm sort of dancing around it, but there's like, there are like child, child actors in it. And I feel like that's probably the thing that most was like, to me was like, whoa, because, connections are made and it's just and and that has everything to do with the individuals as well like there's people that act from a young age and are fine and there's people that act from a young age and are thrown into the shit like you know drew barrymore and 
Macaulay Culkin and different people like that. So it's it's all a lot of conjecture as well. But um, it's affecting it. It's it's uh, it's doing something very interesting, in my opinion. But it but you're not wrong that it feels sometimes like. Uh, I don't think it ever feels cruel, but it it does feel um, serious. It does feel like uh, emotional in like a a way that you just aren't expecting the show like what the show is set up to be versus like what it becomes whether it was organic or the pandemic or a combination of both or the natural evolution because i think there's a lot of series and shows that something changes in the case or whatever they're covering and then that becomes kind of the actual subject so i think that's part of it um but it's also hard to know how much it's also manufactured and I think outside of the specific situation I'm talking about, I don't feel like any of the other people are, I don't think are any, are necessarily being taken advantage of only because we've lived through decades of reality to- shows and stuff. And I think mm, the recruitment process is a little different, but I do assume that like a lot of people nowadays, like they want some form of exposure and they don't always have a final say on like how that will be presented in those shows. And that's not a new thing either, but um, I don't know. I guess I'm leaning more on the side of like the artistic merits of it versus the kind of cringiness of it as well. It's doing a lot of different weird stuff. It's, it's an interesting show and I, and I'm equally excited to see what else he does. So. I think it's also interesting how much he's able to do with the budget, (laughs) just like, throwing his budget around doing the stupidest shit in the world. And then, uh, yeah, just. Have you seen any of this, uh, Andrew? No. There's a thing early on. It's like, not really too much of a spoiler. We're like, this guy wants to come clean and he's going to do it during this like bar trivia. And he literally recreates the bar that he does the trivia in, like in a soundstage. Mm Mm-hmm like down to the last detail so that like he can walk in and like actually feel like what it feels like and rehearse. Like the whole point of it is like rehearsing these kind of moments in your life and having it like having so much repetition that you like couldn't lock it down. Like you're min maxing it, uh, which is very interesting. I would say it's worth at least worth sort of checking out the first few apps. Cause it's, it's, it's very funny and, and interesting stuff. So. Yeah. It's also interesting the people who go along with it too. Like yeah. everyone there signed the waiver, right? It's it's interesting. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Check it out. We're throwing the word. Yeah, we're throwing the word around a lot, but uh, it is. It is. Yeah, I think it's the best way to describe it. And that's that's all that I've seen. Um, I will quickly mention the uh, the other Disney Plus legacy thing that I briefly mentioned before um or that i was alluding to before i watched the santa clauses on disney plus oh uh the first two episodes anyways and they are so bad i was like and i don't i again like i'm not i haven't you're, seen, big, you're a big tim allen man we know <laughs> you know i love his politics more more than anything else i love his view on the world and his politics i think he's really smart um <clears throat> he man I'm not a huge, I don't remember, like, I've seen the first Santa Claus movie, like, I I don't think I saw the other two, um, but, you know, the, the, the story with this is that he's getting a little tired of being Santa Claus, and so he's trying to find a successor to be the new Santa Claus, 
And if you told me that that was not the original pitch for the show <laughs> and that Tim Allen himself was just like, can you just write me out of this thing? I'm tired of doing this. That's the kind of energy he's bringing to the show. And it looks like he does not want to be there at all. He doesn't want to be in the, in the getup. He doesn't want to do the makeup. He just seems so fucking out of like, he just doesn't want to be there. And like, that could be the energy he's trying to bring to the character. And like, that's the intention of the show. But I was just like, this motherfucker doesn't want to be here at all. And it's just like, it's coming through so much in his performance. He has one line that, uh, you know, they're like talking about, you know, like the Christmas spirit is, is, you know, it's another thing about like, oh, people don't believe in Santa Claus anymore. And, it, you know, there's like weird things where like he goes to visit. He's like trying to, he thinks he can get Christmas spirit back by going to like this person he knows believes in Santa. But you find out that it's been like 27 years because like he hasn't visited her since the first movie, which like, what, like, I thought he brought gifts every year to people. So like, and she has the Christmas spirit and he hasn't visited her. No, or? she doesn't anymore. Cause she hasn't seen him in 27 years and it ends up being, Case, it ends up being Casey Wilson, which is fun to see. But like, it's just, it just feels lazy. Like the whole thing feels lazy. There's a line in it where, again, the Christmas spirit's down and he's like ranting about that. And he goes, and you'll basically get canceled if you wish anybody Merry Christmas anymore. And it's just like, that felt like, oh my God. That felt like Tim Allen came in with a line ready. Like, there's no way a writer in the writer's room came up with that. That felt like Tim Allen was like, and what if I say this here? You know, like, it was just like, this line sucks. Um, so yeah, I think the show's so far very bad and I'm not entirely sure I'll keep up with it. Um, well, I'm glad I'm glad they stuck to the source material and didn't change it up too much. <laughs> yeah, me too. Because <laughs> those movies sucked. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also watched the first episode of Severance on Apple TV. I thought that first episode was great and I mm. am excited to keep up with it. I I tried to watch it, but Apple Plus wasn't working. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah, I have a subscription through February, like or a, like a three month mm-hmm. free thing, and we're only two episodes in. Uh, but we need to keep on the bandwagon and watch watch more with our sister because I like really liked it so far. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, and that's it for me for TV. I think no, you know, I watched one episode of uh, it's called eighteen ninety nine, and that's a oh uh, right, the creators dark. of Dark. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I thought it was good. It was like a one of those like mystery shows. The only thing is, is that I the way that it's um there are clearly some lines that are dubbed, and like there are other lines that are recorded in English, and it's just like I feel like it was a multilingual production, and so because it's a German production, it felt like there were probably some lines that were either uh spoken in German or some other language for some other characters. And, you know, maybe in the German version, it comes out as this person is speaking English, this person is speaking German, this person, you know, whatever, like they do it with all the different characters. And then for like the American release, they were like, just put them all in English. Like it was just like these, none of these motherfuckers are going (laughs) to read subtitles or, or listen to somebody speaking German. So it was just like, it was a weird thing to like clearly see some characters speaking English and some characters who are definitely mouthing a different language than what's being presented on screen. Spooky. I I feel like I heard about some movie recently, and I think it was German as well, uh, where they actually did 
like the the deep fake mouths to like not only dub but um look like somebody yeah was was actually speaking uh, mm. the language that they were translating it into oh interesting well yeah. i mean it's I, yeah i don't know i guess i don't i don't know enough about the production to to say one way or the other but i that was the sense i got from it, it was just like there's clearly some dubbing here going on but anyways yeah i think it's i think the mystery is interesting and i'll probably watch probably watch some more so anyways guys uh we were going to talk about a, a movie for this one but uh unfortunately we learned of the passing of kevin conroy not that long ago so instead we're going to talk about a bunch of kevin conroy stuff so uh, that's what we're talking about today <laughs> Probably should have played the Batman the Animated Series theme song. That would have been more apropos. Um, whoops. I didn't. <laughs> couldn't, hear, couldn't hear a thing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I can just edit it in later, I guess. So anyways, we... Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Kevin Conroy passed away. If you don't know who that is, the legendary voice actor for Batman in Batman the Animated Series. And basically every Justice League thing or Batman thing, animated thing, worth its weight in the last, like, I don't know, 30 years, he he voiced Batman. Mm-hmm. So um, we thought it'd be, you know, just cool to watch some of our, some either favorites or maybe some things that we haven't seen before with him as Batman. So, um, Robert, why don't you start us off? What did you watch? Well, I watched a few. Sorry. Um, so if, if either of you guys wanted to chime in or watch any of these as well, um, I started with Batman Assault on Arkham, which I had not seen before. And uh, sorry to say, I did not really like very much. Uh, didn't really like the art style. Um, and I just thought the plot could have been obviously more Batman heavy. And it just, it was set in the Batman Arkham universe. And I love those games so much that I think like I couldn't help but kind of be bringing my affection to the game towards that. And I just didn't really... Didn't really do the trick for me, unfortunately. Um, it did have kind of some... I did like the idea that there was like takes on the Arkham versions of some of these villains, but I don't know. It just didn't really work. But I wanted to... Because I think, Max, I think you watched this too or some of it or... <laughs> I watched about five minutes before I, I thought, yeah, maybe I'll switch to another one. Um, it, just a, a couple of things that I didn't really like. They had an action scene. Batman came in. It was like quick cuts with a lot of like fake camera shakes as if somebody had a handheld cam, mm-hmm. but it's all animated. So I was like, I don't like this in real life. I don't want to see this emulated in, in animation where it's even harder to track what's going on. Like it, that really took me out of it and made me think like, this, this is not for me. The, the Batman that they had, I didn't realize that it was a, like a take on the, Arkham games or anything, but the bat suit looked too overdone and, and everything. Mm-hmm. And also, I don't know if this was just a problem uh, with HBO max or whatever, where I was watching it, but um, the sound uh, volume was, was pretty terrible. So I kept having to turn it up to hear dialogue, turn it down during action scenes or any music or anything like that. I hate that kind of shit. So I just figured there's plenty of Kevin Conroy movies. I'll watch a different one. Yeah. 
I agreed. Uh, which is why I, after that, I did um, Batman Beyond the Return of the Joker, which is a movie I've liked for a while. I like the Batman Beyond uh, cartoon. My criticism is that the quality of this, like, uh, there's there's lots of cool stuff, but it also feels in some parts it feels very like the lowest budget it can be. And it, and Batman Beyond has like a pretty a kind of like a simple quality in some ways. Like it definitely feels like a little different style of animation than like the Batman animated series, and not as many like maybe not as nice a painted backgrounds and things like that. Um, but I like the story a lot, and it proves it it proves to have a very dark storyline in there that ties back into Batman and um, one of his Robins. Um, I honestly don't want to really spoil too much of it um, if people haven't seen it, but it's all on HBO Max and yeah, it's just very uh, interesting. I didn't expect it to go some of the directions it does. And if you're a fan of obviously of Batman Beyond, it's you got to watch it because I feel like it's a great sort of storyline in the middle of all that. I feel like some people might not even know what Batman Beyond is. It's like the the future. It is, it the, is the future world. of Gotham and Bruce Wayne is very old at that point and has given up his crusade. In fact, I believe the opening episode is him in sort of a an assisted sort of bat suit that kind of helps him stay, you know, moving around, fighting people and then like almost losing and then years and then at that point basically retires and then we cut to years later. But uh, Terry McGinnis, who's kind of this troubled youth, um, happens upon uh, Wayne Manor at one point and also has his his father is killed by like a mobster. So there's sort of the revenge aspect of it. Um, but he becomes like a futuristic version of Batman, which I really like um, design wise. Like he's got an interesting rogues gallery and design wise. It's very weird because it would technically be like a skin side tight suit where like your mouth and eyes are visible. Like it doesn't really work realistically as much but um it's the future bro yeah but i i still dig it um i I feel like they made that um costume in the arkham games and it looked a little bit weird like actually seeing it 3d yeah when it's like how would you have a mouth flush to your lips and just i I just yeah it's it's whatever i like it in the in the cartoon form though it's it's great did you ever see Um, the the episode of batwoman where kevin conroy plays like actually plays bruce wayne in the flash i looked up that clip actually Yeah. yeah yeah it's interesting because he's got a similar like i don't know his like, body like, has been broken so like, he's like got an exoskeleton yeah, or something yeah he's got like a similar thing to that in that so that was interesting i um because i was watching you know they did the crisis on infinite earth's crossover thing and one of the earths they go to is where he's kind of a decrepit old bruce wayne and it's just like it was very interesting to because i think that's the only time he's ever played bruce wayne in the flesh so i believe that was, so yeah that was interesting to see but yeah um, but I really like that one and I, I actually do recommend it. I feel like you would probably do well to have, yeah, some knowledge of Batman beyond, but mm-hmm. it's, it's really good. And again, it connects back to the animated series in a, in a cool way. So it's worth checking out for that as well. Um, uh, I also watched Batman, the mystery of the Batwoman, which I had not seen before. I feel like that's mm-hmm. a newer one and it takes place in kind of the Batman and Superman adventures era of the Batman uh, animated series where like mm-hmm. the logo is different and it's a little more simplified. Um, this did some really cool stuff. I didn't end up watching fan uh, mask of the phantasm because I'd seen it more than a few times recently. And I was like, eh, I don't want to have the same thing that I've seen before. So 
checked this out, was pleasantly surprised. I don't know if we like want to spoil it or anything, but like I did like that in Mask of the Phantasm, which is a great movie, you should watch it. They introduced this cool new villain, and then they also introduced this woman who's like Batman's old flame, uh, who's back in town. And you're like, hmm, wonder who, wonder who that phantasm is. <laughs> um, and in this movie, to their credit, mm-hmm. introduce a couple new characters, and you rightly think that they could probably be Batwoman, and you're probably wrong, um, or right in some situations. But it's, I appreciated that they did something new, at least in my opinion, for like. They broke the formula a little bit, in my opinion. It was more interesting to me the way they approached this. And um, it was nice watching something where I didn't immediately know what was going on and was trying to figure it out at the same time as the world's greatest detective. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, this is, I watched this one as well. And I, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, I really liked it. it uh, so initially i started up i started up the arkham one and then i started up flashpoint paradox just i thought League, about watching flashpoint. that too but yeah it uh it it wasn't going too bad but like there's a certain point where they reach the flashpoint or whatever and they do the paradox and they go to a different universe and i didn't think that bat like the voice of batman was still being was still being done by kevin conroy uh so i was like i'll switch over to one that i know is like specifically Batman. I might finish Flashpoint Paradox later, but anyway, this one brought me back because it is in the like uh the Bruce Tim world, mm-hmm. the uh Timomatic universe. And <laughs> uh and yeah, it's like so there's Batman the animated series and then when Superman uh the animated series, I don't know what exactly it was called, but when that came along, uh the animation style of the Superman show, which was similar but different kind of started carrying over back into the Batman uh, world. And so, like you said, this is kind of that, that second stage of, of Batman, but like, I don't know. It brought me back. Cause I really remember all, all that. It's kind of like Tim Drake, series. Robin era. And it's sort of like, like, yeah, it is more like of a unifying kind of theme across that. And Superman, as far as like a little more simplified and maybe incorporating a little bit more justice league style characters. And I think this is all leading up to, the justice league kind of show, which is an excellent show also. Yeah. And I, yeah, I agree. I, it was nice to go through this show and and think like, Oh, it's gotta be this person. No, it's gotta be this person, but they did such and such and, and yada, yada. And then uh, I, I like the way that it pays off. Yeah. 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 Check it out. Um, I'll quickly, the last one I'll I've... quickly jump oh. in with mine. Cause I don't think mine is oh, yes. very good. So I don't want to end with mine. Uh, <laughs> it's also a Bruce Tim, uh, uh, movie it was batman and harley quinn which is a 2017 release uh it is set in the same continuity as the batman adventures and uh set around the time period of justice league unlimited according to the wikipedia page Mm. it's in the dc aom or the dc animated universe whatever that's called um this was i thought this was very much just a cheap like way to jump onto the Harley Quinn like craze that was going on around Suicide Squad. Yeah. It's uh I I think it's kind of lazy. Like Kevin Conroy, I would say so Kevin Conroy obviously voices Batman and it's um Lauren Lester voices uh Nightwing. And both of them are great. Melissa Rauch voices Harley Quinn and she's fine, but like <clears throat> it's very much a Harley Quinn movie and like Batman and Nightwing are kind of along for the ride with her. Sure. Um, so it was not, I would say it's not the best example of, of 
Kevin Conroy being Batman, even if he's still good in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought like it's, you know, it's like an hour 15, so it's not like a total waste of time. It's not super long. It's about, uh, um, poison Ivy and Floronic man are like basically going to turn the world into swamp things. And so like they have this, this weapon that's going to turn people into plants, Batman and Nightwing go to Harley because she's the person who knows Poison Ivy best and she's retired from being a criminal so she decides to help them but she's still Harley Quinn so she's you know a little kooky whatever and so the end of the movie I'll I'll just spoil it because I think this movie's bad and not worth watching is that Swamp Thing appears and says that uh that uh Floronic Man is threatening the green and the earth but he will not interfere so then Batman and, and Nightwing are like, what do we do? You know, our batarangs don't work and all this stuff. And then uh, Harley Quinn just like, hey, guys, he's a plant and I've got a match. And it's just like, so then Batman and Nightwing both kiss her on the cheek and then they light him on fire and kill him. Lovely. And that's how the movie ends. It like ends with her saying, I got a match. And then they kiss her on the cheek and she goes, oh, boys. And then like the credits roll. And then, like, a mid-credit scene, you just see the forest, like, ashy and, like, st- like having just been on fire. And I'm just like, is this what Batman would do? Like, torch a, a forest to stop yeah, this it guy? Se- it seems like they should have had Harley do that and have them not on board. Not right? on board yeah, or, like, have weird. left or, like, not know that she was going to do like, it. Like, show and- up and the forest is, like, burnt down and Florinic Flor- Flor- Man's, like a, like, a pile of ash and she was, like sorry boys and then they like take her away and they're like it, harley why? it's just like it it to me it like uh it felt too much like they were trying to do like the kind of like comedy of a harley quinn thing you know like the the hbo max series or something but also have it be set in that in that like justice league unlimited universe and so like it just it was trying too hard to be one thing when it exists in another thing and it just like, it seemed to like, it should have just been like a standalone. Like it, if it's going to exist in that universe, it should obey by the rules of that universe versus like, Hey, Harley's in it. So it's gotta be a little kooky. It's gotta be a little weird. And like, so like, I don't know, like she infected Batman with her like randomness. Like it just, it felt weird, but yeah. So unfortunately I did not like it very much. So then that kind of, kind of called to mind like another thing that happened in the bat uh mystery of the bat woman which i I thought was a little bit weird they have batman like constantly hitting on women half his age essentially and one of them i totally forgot and i think they might have set this up in the series or whatever is bat girl and yeah it it felt really wrong uh but i I think they did do that in the animated series kind of a a bat (laughs) Bad reminder of of that part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one pos- another positive note for the show was that they, I don't want to spoil too much. They brought in a villain that has kind of, I think, uh, the the character of this villain has kind of been overrun by the movie portrayal of mm. them, and so like it was nice to see the the comic book portrayal uh, r- rather than that one, like. Um, I feel it. It's a more interesting character. Nice. Uh, Robert, what's the last one you saw? The last one I watched was Justice League Doom, which I don't know if you guys have seen, but it's very good. It's basically um, 
Vandal Savage assembles a bunch of villains um, at the old school uh, Hall of Doom or whatever, League of Doom or whatever in the swamp, and has hacked into Batman's back computer and found all of his contingency plans that if they needed to stop Superman or Wonder Woman or the Flash, non-lethal ways to do that. And then he has altered those plans to be lethal and then doled them out to different villains saying like, take, take out all the members of the justice league. So it's really cool because it's like the mo- most of the movie, like or leading up to the movie is like seeing them all get like completely owned by people in all these like creative ways. Like um, I forgot that Martian Manhunter has like an evil villain Martian Manhunter. That's like his, his like kind of, you know, antithesis. Is it the white Martian? Is it a white Martian? He's got like a cloak up over his mouth. I think it's his name is Mal Aleph Ak. Ah, <laughs> you didn't remember that I, uh, off the top of your head? <laughs> he looks like Strider Hear You. He's really cool. He's got like a kind of a thing up around his mouth. But um, he like laces his drink with magnesium and then like makes like a you know makes fire appear which he can't handle. Um, Bruce Wayne is called to the graveyard by Alfred and his parents uh, coffins have been exhumed, which is pretty fucked up. And then Bane appears and beats the shit out of him and buries him alive. Um, Wonder Woman gets scratched by Cheetah and nanomachines are implanted into her body. That makes her think that everyone is Cheetah. And since she knows that Wonder Woman would never like quit a fight, she's like going to fight until she has like an aneurysm or like a heart attack and dies. And it's like crazy because she's like fighting and like, like, on the road it seems like she is going to pass out um and cyborgs try to talk her down and she's like it's like she sees cheetah like think about it why would i stop and talk to you and blah blah blah. and she's like i don't know but i've got to beat you um it's really crazy um and it's fun seeing a movie where vandal savage is leading the villains and uh, i won't spoil the ending or, or what happens to all the characters like superman and the flash but it's really worth checking out if you haven't seen it um and a great conroy uh, once again another great Conroy Batman and fun to have them address kind of something that I think exists in a lot of the lore, which is like Batman does have this. He ex- this exists because he knows that him and the other members of the league are too powerful to not have some sort of check in place. Mm-hmm. So I really he, like that. He has contingency plans for everything. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. I have not seen that and I yeah. would like to. And it's I, only I think 77 it minutes. It's, it's on the HBO and everything. So you should, you should watch it for sure. And that's one of the more like the newer style, right? The one um, not, not Bruce Tim, not Bruce. Yeah, it's a it's a newer style. It's definitely more of stylized of, around like uh, it, more realistic. It's it's a little it's a lot more like comic looking as far as like the newer like the new fifty two ish. It's twenty twelve is when it came out, um, hmm. but it's I, I like the art style and I I think it's fun. Oh, and I also forgot to mention Nathan Fillion is Green Lantern, mm. which is great. It's good casting. That's a good voice casting. Yeah, he was he was also in uh, Flashpoint Paradox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's what I've seen of the of the Conroy movies. Nice. This I, it's it's interesting going back and and watching this stuff and and you know rem- remembering how it was and like I also remember finding out that the Joker in the like playing opposite to Kevin Conroy is Luke Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I found that out, it, it blew my mind, but like just Kevin Conroy to any kid of the nineties is like the most iconic sound of Batman the same way. Like I think he got some other stuff like Wolverine's got that, 
you know, that harsh bub. And yeah. so like, like when, when Hugh Jackman uh, came on, you're kind of always comparing everything that he does to like the nineties cartoon. So Kevin Conroy is that same thing where other people yeah. can do a good Batman, but when it comes down to it, you hear Kevin Conroy, when you think about Batman, that voice. I do, yeah. it's just the animated yeah. Batman. And, and I just, and it can't be helped either. It's like so many episodes and so many lines and, and he video games. Such too, a, yeah. The, all the Arkham games. Yeah, I think he's done a ton of them. He's very sure. active and and in a lot shorts, movies, uh, video games. He was in like an episode of, of I saw a clip. He's is it, it was an episode of Teen Titans Go, and it was like he was explaining like Robin is explaining how he's always in Batman Shadow, and so because of that, he's just like Robin, where'd you go? And he's just like I'm back here, and he's like oh. So it's just like it was like the it was also one of the few times that he's been like funny as Batman, like because the Batman he yeah, plays I, is always so self serious. I've heard that about that. Like I heard after he passed away, someone said like I had him on a podcast and I asked him to read these lines and he thought they were funny, but he declined. And I think part of the reason is because he like took the role seriously right. and he, I'm sure if you have a paycheck and you're asked to say a line, you ultimately say the line too. But right. I do think he was he took care to bring. He brought so much humanity to the role and yeah. his, his own experience with being leading kind of a double life and stuff. So it he will always be special to me. And I, I don't know if anyone will ever be the voice of Batman the way that uh, Conroy was. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well said. Um, any more thoughts on on these or, or the man himself before we head out? No, I mean, I hope you guys will will indulge and watch some other ones, too. And I I've got the animated series on the shelf so i'm gonna probably this year and into the next kind of delve back into some of those yeah max what about you yeah i think i'm definitely going to continue watching some of those probably finish maybe the flashpoint paradox that i started (laughs) definitely watch doom and there were a couple other that jumped other ones that jumped out at me although i'll probably skip the harley quinn one you should and then i'll also might go back and play some of the arkham games because those ones were fun uh, I think he showed up in Injustice too. I don't. I mean, I, I mean, one and two, but yeah. <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, uh, it's good stuff. I, yeah, it's it's a shame that he passed away, but I think he really brought a lot of joy to a lot of people. Yeah, and really yeah. did a good job of embody, embodying Batman, who I think is genuinely an a difficult character to to catch and to make. Uh, you know, come to life, have people take him seriously mm-hmm. because he's a bit of a, you know, brooding. Yeah. Little, uh, BH sometimes. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's, I think that's like a very important point is that I think without Kevin Conroy's portrayal of Batman, I don't think that we have a generation of people who grew up really loving Batman the way that we have. Cause I think there's a lot of like, it's really right. It's really hard to pull off the humanity of a character like Bruce Wayne, Batman and Kevin Conroy did that for a entire generation of people who now like love and have like a high standard for Batman because of it. But I just don't think that without his portrayal of it, I don't think that kind of like fervent fandom of Batman really exists. Like it would, like it does now. Yeah. Yeah. And now without, Kevin Conroy and with the uh like I don't know realization that billionaire 
playboys are are just fucking awful <laughs> for everyone. Yeah. I don't know how well Batman will survive the next coming we'll generations. See. I mean, yeah. it made me realize that all these people who like seem like they're messing up on the outside, like Elon, are doing secret cool stuff at wow. night. Wow. <laughs> wow. So I've learned to be much more forgiving of billionaires now. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Conroy. <laughs> what a legacy uh, to live <laughs> live on with. Um, all right. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye-bye.